Hi, everybody. I'm Peter Travers, and welcome to Popcorn, where we tell you what's happening at the movies. And to me, the happening is La La Land. Uh, I'm over the moon about this movie. You can't ask me. If you're looking for me to find a fault, I didn't find one. So what am I going to say to the guy that wrote it and directed it, Damien Chazelle? I don't know, except welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And uh, I am. I truly think what you did in this is some kind of miracle. And (laughs) when I say that to somebody, then you're going to tell me, oh, my God, you don't know what I went through to do this. (laughs) Was it hell or was it hell? No, no, it was more on the heaven side of it. That's not to say that, uh, you know, it didn't have its its bumps along the way. I mean, you know, I remember especially all the years where it just seemed like the movie would never get made. You know, we, we started developing it, my producers and I, back in 2010, um, Before Whiplash, and, uh, yeah, yeah, and it's part part of why I went off and made Whiplash was because this didn't seem to have a shot of actually getting off the ground. You know? What a musical with original songs, I know, I know. and they had qualms about it. I I, I I think I naively thought at the time like, oh, this is this seems like a no brainer proposition, and you know, quickly did I learn. I was still learning my way in L.A. I've lived in L.A. for nine years now, but when I first started writing this, I was still pretty new to the town and. Uh, yeah, we, we, you know, we wrote this thing as a kind of pie-in-the-sky, you know, idea, thinking, sure, you know, we'll make this when we can make this. And so what we wrote on the page, what, what I sort of conceived of right there in the moment was essentially what you see on the screen. It's just we had no concrete, realistic roadmap to actually getting it off the ground and getting the resources to make it the way we wanted to. What finally is that thing that does it? Is it the cast? Is it the fact that you have Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone? Or what is it that makes people say... Okay, we'll give you the money. I think it was, you know, it was a little bit of a few things. I think, uh, I think we, uh, you know, our stubbornness ultimately. I think, you know, won out. We kind of annoyed people enough that finally they were like, okay, That's we'll it, let Damien. you. Let you it's make annoying it. people. The you more- got it. You just don't hang up. You just kind of don't <laughs> take no for an answer. Just keep harassing. Um, I think uh, Whiplash certainly, you know, sort of uh, uh, helped open some doors for me. Um, I think what we you were think just a little. Well, you know? I, I think, Oscar nominations. Yeah, so that helped. Yeah, you know, like things like that helped. And I think what what help, what was really helpful was that actually, you know, looking back, it was a lucky stroke that I had written this beforehand because, you know, you often hear of like the problem being when you have your first kind of breakout, not knowing what to do next, mm-hmm. and not being able to answer that question. And here I had this kind of waiting in my pocket, and all I wanted to do was this movie. La La Land was all I wanted to do. So any mileage I got out of Whiplash, I put immediately into La La Land, and there was no second guessing. So we no. kind of had that moment to, 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 to you know, strike while the iron was hot. And that's what when we did. you were pitching, it's a good way, rather than me just asking you about it, what, what was You have to be really quick sometimes when you're on the phone with somebody yeah. or you're taking a meeting yeah. with somebody. How do you pitch it? How did you say to them, this is the movie I want to make? Uh, you know, I, I, I tried to explain what I love about musicals. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, I do think that musicals are this incredibly emotional, expressive genre that just allows you to do things that other genres don't allow you to do. I think there's so much freedom in musicals. And, um, and so I, I wanted to tell a hopeful, romantic story about people in love uh, through the prism of, of the musical, and, and especially certain old musicals that I really loved that I wanted to try to find a way to kind of update that language. What were those ones you loved? Sitting in the Rain, mm-hmm. you know, the Fred and Ginger movies, uh, uh, the Umbrellas of Cherbourg, the Jacques Demy movies, the 60s. Um, 
I mean, a whole range of, of stuff that I, I just don't think we see movies like that anymore. What about convincing your two main actors, uh, Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling? Did it take any convincing, or were they ready to jump right in? Uh... I, I don't know if it took convincing. It definitely took uh, sort of talking them through, especially just how we were going to do this movie. Because it's it's one thing to read it on the page or just pitch it, you know, quickly in conversation. But when you actually have to sort of decide, okay, this is a movie where we want it to be both a musical and a realistic drama, you know, about a couple. Uh, well, it is. And, there's and, some. There's some sadness. Yeah. There's, there's what life has. It's yeah. not all bright and shiny and, you know, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, and that to me was the appeal of it, but it also makes it a difficult tonal juggling act. And yeah, you so, could have screwed up bad is what you're saying. You know? <laughs> if it went wrong, very boy, ex- would yes. it go wrong. Uh, uh, well, yeah, when musicals go wrong, there's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing like it. Um, so I think there was a fear factor there, and, and I think, uh, uh, but Ryan and Emma, what's great about them is that they are, they are actually really fearless actors, and they're you know they're looking to take risks. They were looking for all the things that made this a scary proposition was stuff that appealed to them. The the workload, the fact that they'd have to rehearse for you know three four months leading up to the first day of shooting, the fact that they would have to uh, again find a way to tonally balance really kind of realistic stuff uh, with total fantasy and find a way to make that all feel like one cohesive movie, a lot of that falls on their shoulders. And they were... Uh, they said, bring it on. Yeah, they did, ultimately. You know what? I mean, we talked through uh, stuff for a while, and then eventually they just kind of said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. And they did it together, and they were... It was, just, it was incredible. Your movie begins with this amazing, I call it a time capsule scene, <laughs> you know, on a freeway. Yeah. An actual freeway that yeah. you close down where there's people jumping out of cars and singing and dancing. And <laughs> where did that come from, that germ of that idea? I, I, you know, it came from sitting on clogged freeways just like that in L.A., uh, you know, beating my head against the steering wheel. Uh, um, <laughs> well, you wanted I, to sing and dance, didn't you, Dave? Yeah, or you want to yeah. do something. You want to get out of the car. Of the car. I, I, you know, I remember, you know, that great... Uh, uh, Michael Douglas movie Falling Down, you know, it begins with, uh, that to me was my vision of L.A. I grew up on the East Coast and I was watching, you know, L.A. movies in the 90s uh, growing up and that to me was L.A. It's the opening of that movie is the, the most hellish freeway gridlock you can imagine. Um, the furthest thing from a musical you can imagine. Um, and I came to L.A., I realized it's actually not all, you know, it's, 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 it, uh, it has its charms, and eventually I fell completely in love with L.A., so I, but I liked the idea of trying to start this movie with the very thing that we most associate in a negative way with <laughs> L.A., which is people stuck in traffic, and try to see, could there be something beautiful about that? And then it was like thinking, okay, well, traffic, what is traffic? It's a bunch of people listening to their own radios, their own little musical universes in their cars. It's a collection of people who don't know each other, mm-hmm. but they're all kind of stuck together, uh, each in their own little bubble, and then you know maybe we could take that and just build it into a collective kind of you know welcome to the city sort of number, and that's kind of where the idea. So easier yeah. said than done. So you close right. down, right? Right. You close down what? Was it the uh, Easy Pass ramp? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 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 It's, it's, so the the 105 and the 110, uh, you know, two of the major freeways. It's when they converge, and there's this Easy Pass ramp that they uh, that they built not that long ago. Um, you know, you, you've seen it in some action movies. Uh, uh, again, sort of very far from the musical uh, in terms of sensibility. Um, and, uh, you know, it's this big stretch of concrete, but you get this view of downtown L.A. that to me looks like the Emerald City and the Wizard of Oz, you know. And so it has this, 
it has the scope to it, and it was great. I mean, we, we, we going up there, no, nothing was green screened. It was all just we got to shoot it all for real, which was my dream. So you bring together people you trust to help you do this impossible thing, because it is. There's, it, it, in many ways, it is an impossible dream. Right. And you get that instead of shooting it on a set, you're going to shoot yeah. it right there and do it this way. Yeah. What scared you the most about it? What made you think, about the movie what did in I just or? get into? You know, yeah. What? Uh, th- th- there were moments, you know, it's, uh, it's one thing to be kind of nursing a movie like this in your head for, for all the years that you're not making it, but when we actually started to put the machinery together and get, you know, into actual prep and into shooting, yeah, there were definitely moments where I sort of would go, oh, I get why they don't do this, <laughs> like where I'd feel completely in over my head, where you feel like you're making three movies at once, you know, you're, you're, uh, uh, you're making a, a, like a normal movie movie but you're also making a music movie and a dance movie and somehow all these things have to integrate and balance so I just think the the amount of sort of disciplines and crafts that had to come together was the the daunting thing but also the really wonderful thing because it was an excuse for me to get to work with the top people in all of their fields like just the best production designers the best costume designer the best composers the be- just uh, the best cinematographer i mean it was just a wonderful collection that um, you know it was a reminder that m- we always say movies are a collaborative art form but musicals i think like take it to the next level like it is by definition by necessity mm-hmm. a kind of repertory uh, endeavor Justin Hurwitz, who did the music for yeah. this movie, when he was your roommate at Harvard. Right? Yeah, yeah. So you trust this guy. He's worked with you on all three of your movies. Yeah, yeah. And this is good. And then you brought in these young lyricists mm-hmm. who are terrific, who have a show on Broadway now called Dear, yeah, Dear Evan, Evan Hansen, Hansen, which, which is, is amazing. Yeah. Uh, uh, and, uh, but I met them, yeah, I met them through this project. Justin, you know, as you said, Justin and I go way back yeah. and uh, way back, like we, you're we, the grand old man we, of American <laughs> cinema. Yeah, way back. Yeah. Uh, I, it was, it was my, my fledgling musician mm-hmm. days, though, I will say, when I, because we initially met in a rock band and I was playing drums, he was playing uh, piano. Um, I think our rock star dreams were promptly dashed, and, uh, and, but we did find we shared a real love of movies and love of musicals. And so um, conversations we had in college about what to do with the musical as a genre uh, are what you know ultimately led to led to La La Land. So he's someone I just rely on. How do you feel now with the reception of the movie being so amazing, where people are screaming, "This is the this should win all the Academy Awards. This is it." <laughs> what does that do to you? You've had it before with Whiplash, where people were. I mean, I don't know what it does to somebody creatively who's basically on their third movie. That's you, it. You, uh, I try to. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of it you want to kind of, at least in my case, you know, you want to zone out a little mm-hmm. bit and try to not let it affect whatever you're working on at that moment. Um, I, th- I find it helps me to stay sane, to just be kind of always working on something, to be writing something or uh, whatever. Keeps um, your mind off of Yeah, all so I'm that. not always just talking about, you know, uh, the movie I did before. But um, that said, you know, this movie, more than anything I've done, is, you know was just such a dream to get to even make so I it's I can't express how rewarding it is to mm-hmm. sort of you know uh, to have people like it to get to show it at all to get to have made it and get to sort of uh, you know open it in theaters like it's just this this incredible gift that really did not seem like it would happen for a long time and and um, so anything that can you know 
my hope now is just anything that can convince people to take a chance on it. Anything that could convince, you know, especially people who think they don't like musicals. Mm -hmm. I'm really, I really want to reach out Those to the, people. to the, to the, you know, I used to be one when I was, when I was, uh, uh, when I was like a kid, you know, I would often kind of get that cringe when, when people would switch into song and movies. And, and then I kind of compensated. I fell head over heels in love with musicals at a certain point in my life. So, but I know what it feels like to have that resistance to the genre. It's a very special kind of genre, but I, I, I really do think that this is a musical for everybody and that, and that, um, and that, and that it can touch people who, you know, think they would never be caught dead in a musical. But you talked a little bit, uh, because Whiplash comes out of your own experience, yeah. right? You, you were learning about drumming. Yeah. And that experience isn't happy. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't. Correct. Are you still back on the drums? Did you play I've any drums a, in this movie that we might have been... Hearing? No, unfortunately, no. you know, it's it's. Uh, I've got the drum set sitting in my garage, gathering mm -hmm. dust, basically, because you know, if I try to play it, the neighbors complain. So it's like, drums are an unwieldy instrument in that sense. But uh, um, no, I, I guess I, I, it's true that I used to play music a lot. At this point, I really sort of the closest I get to playing music is making making a movie about music. Mm -hmm. But um, but I love that too. I mean, I just love. There's nothing that gives me more of a thrill than getting to film musicians playing or film dance or film some of the things But it's agony too. in Whiplash. I mean, yeah, you know, J.K. Simmons won that Academy Award for lots of reasons, yeah. but one was that this is our teacher from hell. <laughs> this is the guy who's not. And you had somebody like that? Uh, I wouldn't say uh, it was as, uh, you know, uh, I embellished for, <laughs> for the sake of drama, <laughs> but, uh, but I did go emotionally, yeah, I went through like a, you know, I was at an impressionable age, and it felt like it felt like uh, it felt like what it is in the movie. You mm -hmm. know, uh, uh, it felt that was that's certainly very true to what my experience of of being a drummer, kind of at that age, was. Um, and uh, and I guess also I felt like you know I'd seen a lot of music movies that made it look a little easy. I thought you know where you sort of roll out of bed and suddenly you're just kind of playing ridiculous saxophone solos or piano solos, and I just. It's just not, that's not the reality, you know, it takes a lot of work, um, and uh, so, so I wanted to really kind of burrow into that with Whiplash, and then here, I don't know, with La La Land, it's like show the flip side in a way, like here too, there's a lot of pain in this movie, there's a lot of hard work uh, that these characters go through, but, you know, hopefully, it's a musical, there's something joyful, ultimately, about it that comes through. But your first it. movie is music, it's, mu it's in there, it's intrinsic to it. Mm -hmm. And what made you make that your first one? Everybody calls it the kind of your John Cassavetes musical. Right. <laughs> because it's, it's black and white. Guy and Madeline. Um, yeah. Guy and Madeline on a park bench. People, yeah. I always ask people to do that, but you should get that, you know, stream it. Somebody <laughs> should look at it because there's a germ in there of it's, what we're seeing in London. Totally. I mean, yeah. it's, it's that, that movie was really kind of born out of a moment when I was, uh, you know, that was the moment where I was falling head over heels in love with old musicals in a really kind of full-fledged <laughs> way. At the same time as I was learning, the movies I was learning to make uh, in school were documentaries mainly. So, um, so I think right away it was that kind of juxtaposition in my mind of like musicals that are as fantastical and artificial, you know, right, as movies can get mm -hmm. in some ways, and documentaries and seeing if I could kind of combine the two and basically make a realist musical. And, so definitely, I think that was sort of the beginning of, you know, uh, as you say, it's like the germ of something that's in, that's in La La well, Land with, with in a different way. With jazz being a part of it, because one of the many 
really fascinating things about La La Land to me is that these two young people who are our protagonists, the lovers of this movie, yeah. are throwbacks. Mm -hmm. She basically wants to write plays, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and she wants to be involved in something that the, the Ingrid Bergman poster that's in the apartment says, it's in the past. Yeah. Uh, he, Sebastian, as he's called, and she's Mia in the movie, he wants the jazz to come back. Mm -hmm. He wants it to be the way it once was, but it's not there. Mm -hmm. Did you feel that that's who you are? Are you a throwback? I, I think I've always had that quality mm -hmm. in me. Like, even when I was drumming, I was, you know, my heroes were... Joe Jones and Buddy Rich and Max Roach and drummers of the, you know, 30s, 40s, 50s, you know, kind of older drummers. And, uh, and I was trying to arrange my drum kit like them and, you know, et cetera. And, and, uh, and then falling in love with movies, musicals especially. Yeah, it's true. My, my, I think my tastes often run towards older Hollywood and older uh, movies. But I, but, I, but I also, I'm also kind of really... I guess what really interests me is, is, you know, are there ways to take what was old and make it new again? Are there ways to actually sort of, whether it's a genre like the musical or whether it's a type of music like jazz, you know, are there ways to, to use that and, and, and make it accessible and make it also a real lens through which we can look at modern life? You know, uh, in, in the case of this movie, it's like, can we look at what it means today to be you know, a young wannabe artist in modern L.A., um, uh, can you use the musical and, and the kind of traditional full-fledged musical in the style of Singing in the Rain and Fred and Ginger uh, as a lens through which to, you know, kind of look at that. So that to me is always like the hope, is to, is to sort of use my old-fashioned tastes to comment on today. You've made a movie that does wear its heart on its sleeve which is not done today. Everybody <laughs> has to have some degree of cynicism yes, and distance yeah. from what they do. And you put yourself out there. So whatever rewards you get for doing it are great. If the movie came out and everybody said, what the hell is this? I can't, that's you too. Yeah. They're basically saying to you, I don't, we don't like what you're saying or thinking. I, it I, could hurt. I definitely felt like, uh, I, I, I was very, um, how do I say, like very, the lead up to unveiling this movie, you know, I remember when we were sort of first kind of finishing it in time for festival premieres and stuff was, yeah, one of the more nerve-wracking moments in my life because, you know, I'd been living with this thing for so long and, and ultimately I kind of decided, okay, I've done what I wanted to do here, but I have no idea if this is going to connect in any way. And, you know, you could say that about any movie, but this one felt especially like walking on a... Oh, no, I think it is. tightrope, at least more than anything I had done, it felt like kind of standing at the edge of a precipice and jumping off and hoping someone's going to be there to, to catch you. Um, and, uh, uh, again, is it, what makes it all the more kind of rewarding that, um, you know, that, that, that people are embracing it? Well, you've never been on this show before, so you don't know that it ends in song. Oh, great. It, oh, I see. Well, it does. It's a, it's Every a, single person. Naturally, they didn't tell me this before. Well, that you wouldn't have come. <laughs> But the fact is, it doesn't have to be a complete number. It's just a little bit that's in your head. I could be begging you to do City of Stars, but you can do whatever you want as a piece of music. Okay. Even um, if it's idiotic. All right. Um, the seaweed is always greener in somebody else's lake. You dream about going up there, but that is a big mistake. Just look at the world around you, right here on the ocean floor. 
Such wonderful things surround you. What more could you be looking for under the sea? <laughs> under the sea. <laughs> Darling, it's better. Down where it's wetter. Take it from me. And I forget. Who knew that Little Mermaid would be your major influence? Oh, that's one of the great musical numbers of all there time. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> it is. It and is. you were almost going to be more people and just multiply yourself. Yes, exactly, so, yeah. I, I was just about to that go was, there, you but were about I'll, to I'll go. save that. That's the next save time. Save that magic. You know, after you have your Oscar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Damien, great to meet you. So great to you. Have Thank you, you for having me. This was great. Okay, that wraps up another edition of the Popcorn with Peter Travers podcast. If you liked it, be sure to subscribe and rate us. You can also find Popcorn on Twitter and Facebook at Popcorn ABC News. I also want to thank the people who helped produce this podcast. Angela Williams, Brian Fudge, Josh Cohen, David Fazekas, David Miller, Michael Rothman, Alexa Valiente, and the head of ABC News Digital, Dan Silver. I'll talk to you next Friday.